All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Gas is on the Right podcast with Daniel and Allen. Uh, let's dive right into Darlington throwback weekend, Mother's Day weekend, Daniel's eight and one weekend. Um, I'll let you We're take over. It back to another win. I don't know <laughs> if that's a throwback right now. <laughs> It'd be a throwback yeah. if I won. Yeah. <laughs> throwback to that one time at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, old Willie B got it done just as I predicted. Yeah, yeah. Good I pick. thought Joey Logano was going to get him there for a minute because Joey Logano was like back there in nineteenth, and then like I walked away and then came back and he was in like sixth, and I was like, "What the heck? Where did he come from?" <laughs> and then thankfully Truex just—I don't know what he was doing, but he just ruined it for him. <laughs> ruined it for him and quite a few others. Yeah, at that time. But yeah, that's where I knew my uh, my pick was done at that point. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Willie B with the win, third win of the season. He stands alone now with the most wins on the season thus far with three. Um, unfortunately, due to penalties back in, um, what was it, Richmond, he is currently fifth in the driver's uh, regular season championship, but he is first in the playoff standings because he has three wins. So, but he still got he still got time to get back to first place. Yeah, he's only out forty two points right now. So yeah, he's not he's not out of it by any means. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. But very good day. He had a strong car at the beginning of the race. Kind of fell back a little bit and just kind of persevered through the day, which is what it takes is the uh, the attrition of it to be able to continue throughout the day and just keep digging. So able to get that, get up to that top spot and win the race off of um, some poor driving decisions by the drivers that we'll touch on in a minute. Um, but it seemed like that was kind of the the course of the weekend in a sense, was riding the wall and then whoever was on the inside line sliding up into the wall or sliding up into the other car into the wall. So, I mean, we saw that. Yeah, that was, that was a great, honestly, that was just I felt like it was a great weekend of racing. Oh yeah, overall. Yeah, the Xfinity race. Uh, I will say I think the Xfinity race was better than the Cup race, um, which has been the case recently. Yeah, it's it's been the the storyline this entire year. It seems like. Um, I know that's why I don't know why the freaking trucks are running at Wilkesboro. Like, why are the Xfinity cars not running? Like, why aren't they running instead of the trucks? You know, dude, I don't know. It's the same thing with um, what was it, Martinsville? couple weeks back. Yeah. So why why are we running the trucks? We need to be running the Xfinity cars. So they they race so much better. They put on such a great show. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the drivers have to drive the cars. I, I don't... I mean, the, the only thing about the trucks, though, that you do have this weekend is you have quite a few cup guys in the truck. Trucks on us. Uh, well, I mean, hell, it's not like they wouldn't... The cup guys wouldn't go to the Xfinity rides... I mean, Kyle Larson won driving the next Xfinity ride this week. Yeah. So, I mean. Hendrick Motorsports might have one less spot because I'm sure if the Xfinity cars were running at Wilkesboro, uh, the 88 would be piloted by none other than Dale Jr. himself. But he, shoot, Rick would be like, well, I'm putting all my guys in uh, HendrickCars.com and we're just going to find whichever numbers are available and they'll qualify in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just run the <laughs> the uh, the O nine and the whatever else you can find. O eight, yeah. O eight, O seven, O one, O nine. But yeah, the, that Xfinity race, the ending with the battle between Kyle Larson and John Hunter Nemechek, the Xfinity race was phenomenal. Watching these guys just kind of mm-hmm. trade it back and forth the entire time, and then John Hunter just kind of giving it the beans there on the out of three and four and unfortunately wrecking himself. Um, but Still finished fifth. Hell of a try. <laughs> hell of a try. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, what I think. I think him and Kyle Larson both full committed and they're like, I'm not lifting. And <laughs> it did not work out for John Hunter. <laughs> yeah. At all. So because he didn't lift, Larson didn't lift and Larson hit the wall and bounced back down and just, you <laughs> John Hunter Nemechek just bounced off. 
after that. Yeah, well, his car was already loose and light coming off the corner because he full committed. Like, I don't care if I run into him. <laughs> and oh, yeah, they wide came together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh, Larson got the good end of the stick after last week. <laughs> him going the opposite way instead of staying straight. <laughs> yeah. With Hamlin. Yeah. It was almost, almost pretty close to the same situation. Just about, actually. Other than you instead know, of he had a more square on the door than on the right the on nose. the nose. Yeah. But, um, you know, Kyle, uh, Kyle put some more Darlington stripes on his cup car Sunday um, with the hands of Ross Chastain on his inside. So we'll kind of dive into this for a second, but I do I don't want to skip over an important part that happened during this first restart that kind of initiated all this, uh, the final blow per se. So you have, I think it was Kyle on the inside. Chastain was on the outside and Kyle ran Chastain tight, slid up into him, slid him into the wall. And then that's when Truex, I think that was Truex's wreck right then. Yeah, they did that, but everybody was wrecking behind him at the same time. Yeah, so and that was behind That's them. what Larson felt like, that Chastain jumped the restart, so he was going to put him in the wall and be like, I'm keeping the lead. Yeah, and um, that's where we come down to caution discrepancies. And the main thing there is, because they, what they do, and this is something Door Bumper Clear pointed out, and I agree with as a fan that watches from a TV most weeks. I'm not at a track. Um, but they go back to the the most recent scoring loop, however far back that may so be where the, cars, where the cars cross the line. But the broadcast is showing us when the caution flew. But that doesn't matter. So, in my opinion, because what happened is you had Truex turn up in the wall, three cars that were for sure in the wreck and noted by Fox to be in the wreck was the nine of Chase Elliott, the four of Kevin Harvick and the six of Brad Keselowski. Three cars that for sure cleared the wreck was the 23 of Bubba Wallace, the 21 of Harrison Burton and the 11 of Denny Hamlin. And the cars that were in the wreck, those three were put in front of the three cars that actually cleared the wreck and wouldn't be, put on a damage uh, DVP where they wouldn't be put on any of that. They were completely clear yet the cars that were actually in the wreck that hit, like when I watched the wreck and I saw how hard um, Chase Elliott hit, I was like, Oh, he's going back. He's going to be like in 20th. He's going to finish like 20th or something. Well, I thought he was going to have to hit for damage. Yeah. And then they give him back third. I think it was third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was kind of like this this whole entire and this this was across the cup Xfinity and truck and this has also been like the past few weeks because we're getting told one thing on the broadcast but then NASCAR officials are doing others other things and then we're looking at the lineup when the restart happens and like why is that car there when he should be like five spots lower so well, I think a lot of that comes down to where when something like that happens, NASCAR should be in TV's ear, you know, been yeah. like, Hey, this is what we're doing. So you can explain it. Well, even if, even if they don't do that and they like a caution is long enough, it's not like a timeout in football or anything where it's either like a 30 second timeout or two minutes. A caution is normally three laps minimum. Normally three to four laps minimum is a caution period. And what you can do during that time is go back to the replay and granted there would probably have to be some like soft rule in place, but go by discretion. Like, okay, I know for a fact these three cars were in the wreck. These three cars lose their spots. I know for a fact these three cars were out of the wreck and they only throttled up to miss the wreck because a lot of people are talking about, oh, well, if there's a caution, people throttling up trying to pass people. Well, I get that, but at the same time, if the wreck happens to like the top, the guys in first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and you got a guy in twenty fifth throttling up trying to get to twentieth, that you're you're gonna catch that. But there's enough time period there that okay, let TV review the wreck. NASCAR, you have plenty of people there, and if you don't, 
put somebody in that position, give somebody a job title, give me a job title, I'll take a job. And yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, I'll tell you who needs to be where. Yeah, yeah, we we will be your official position pointers or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, put it in what, place. I don't have a favorite, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not no. going to be biased to anybody. I ain't got a favorite. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't have anybody. We talk about everybody. Everybody gets equal trash talk on this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but put them in order by discretion of like, okay, I get that the twenty one, the twenty three, and the eleven throttled up to get by. But that was only to get out of the way, trying to clear the wreck. But if you have, say, the 51 that's in 28th trying to throttle up to get up to 20th because they're stacking up on the high side, so he throttles up, gets down on the apron, and hits a scoring loop, then the caution flies and you flag him 20th, well, that's just that's dumb, and you missed the mark on that. So mm-hmm. that's where... I think the discretion would be the greatest way to get rid of all these discrepancies that we are seeing almost week in and week out. It's it's almost as bad as Ross Chastain's driving. <laughs> so, so what about the people that are in the wreck? Do they just need to go to last? Or okay, so short track racing, dirt track racing, mo not, I I think it's almost just an unwritten rule that if you cause the caution, you go to the back. And if you're in the caution, I think that's a written rule. That may be a written rule. It may be that if you're in the caution, like you don't cause it, but you're in it, you're going to end up in the back. But what, what happens there is that's where I think the minimum speed or uh pace car speed is set. So like, okay, you get turned. We're, we're at Martinsville. We'll, we'll go away from Darlington for a minute. We're at Martinsville. Okay. And Denny Hamlin is in third place. He spins out out of turn two, catches it, gets back up to speed. Caution has flown. When he can get back up to speed with the cars around him, he can file in. Mm-hmm. Or NASCAR files him in. Because you have access so you just, to the So you just tax. let them blend. Yeah, let them blend in where they are able to at that point if they are a part of the caution, but don't let them just leapfrog everybody else. Cause then you end up with poor into the race racing. Like we saw because Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott had damage and they held up both lines and William Byron just kind of took off because he had a clean car. Yeah. Keselowski had damage too. So on the first two rows, William Byron is the only guy without damage. Yeah. And you, you look at the cars that are behind him. You got Harrison Burton, a young driver who's ran top 10 all day. You got Bubba Wallace, who's ran top 10 all day. Denny Hamlin, who I think has worked his way up for most of the day or ran up there most of the day, that have good cars, clean cars, non-wrecked cars that could have actually given it a run for the money and made it a very interesting race. Because you have two out of the four guys at that point haven't won a race, and one of them has never won a cup race. So, And we know that Harrison's going to have to have to win one to get into the playoffs. We know that Bubba can possibly point his way in if we don't have 16 winners and can run consistently. But instead we have three wrecked cars on the front two rows. So yeah, that just didn't make sense. Plus I think it would have been a better show had Harrison and Bubba been up there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, seeing them running down the guy that's dominating the, uh, the cup series so far this year, basically. I mean, that would have been a great show, and that would shown, like, it would have been a great push for Harrison to show what he can actually do now that he's starting to get more and more comfortable with the car week in and week out. He's running better and better, as we've seen. Bubba Wallace, who's controversial but a big character, a big name in the sport. He's a big name that has brought a lot of attention to the sport. And then you have William Byron, who's running away with the regular season right now with wins. And you have Denny Hamlin who is just a senior good driver. So that's still chasing his first championship. So it'd been a really, really good finish there. Had there not been three wrecked cars on the first two rows. So again, I think when it comes to the caution itself, if you are the cause of the caution and your car can still run, go to the back or go to where you can blend. I mean, I don't think the back is necessary because we run 36 cars versus say like, if there was 15, depending on the side, like if it's like a quarter mile track or something, 15 and a late model or something along those lines. But 
I think where you can blend anywhere where you can blend or where, um, where everybody's down to pace car speed. There's, I think there's a lot of semantics in there that would raise a lot of eyebrows. There's a lot of gray area that could be built, but it could also make it a much more efficient process to where we don't see what we saw at Darlington this week, which was a great show with a sour ending or a great show that left a sour taste in your mouth. And to me, that's kind of what it did. Like I thought it was a really good race, but it ended up leaving a sour taste in my mouth because like I wanted to see a guys compete for the win and not watch a car drive away from a wrecked field, basically, because nobody could get around the other three wrecked cars. So, and I mean yeah. that was that was apparent with the um, with the finish too that nobody could get around them because you had Kevin Harvick with second place, Elliot, and then Keselowski, your top four. Yep. So, just um. Just a poor chain of events. Again, I think the caution discrepancies, I think there's a way to fix it, but NASCAR's got to be willing to do it. Because the scoring loop, I mean, if you're going 400 feet back, a lot can change in 400 feet. Yeah, the scoring so, loop never made sense to me. Like, the second the caution is thrown, you can get a freeze frame and be like, all right, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here. He's here, and so forth. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the thing about that is, is like you get the freeze frame. We we all know for the first probably three minutes or so after a caution is thrown, we're watching replays of the wreck and then going to commercial. 99.9% of the time, that is how the broadcast is going to go. You're going to watch three or four replays of how it happened, then Mike Joy is going to send us to commercial, and then we're going to come back to pit uh to um them pitting and then restart. So during that time between then and pitting, NASCAR can go ahead and let guys know where they stand in the order before they go to pit lane uh pit road and then you can line them up, get them back in order, then send them to pit road, then send them back out. We're ready for a restart. There's plenty of time there because it's not like they can't pull a freeze frame short, like within 30 seconds of an accident, you know? <clears throat> so there's enough cameras around that track. There's enough monitors. There's enough people monitoring what's going on that it would not be hard to get a hold of one. And okay, cool. Now we know where we stand. So just that's something that irked me a little bit and left a sour taste in my mouth from the weekend. But that was the. Do you have anything else on that or anything you want to add or any ideas that you have? to fix that. No, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like there's stuff they can do. They just don't. Yeah. The process is clearly flawed after this week. And it's just what, how they address it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, if at all. Yeah. And because I mean, they, they, they don't have to address it, you know? I can just be like, well, this is our process. Take it or leave it. You know, this is how we do it. You don't like it. So what? Yeah. And I mean, that's an unfortunate side of it. But on the flip side, hopefully... I mean, I don't even think it, I don't even think it's unfortunate. It's just be like, listen, we make the rules, not you. If you don't like, you don't have to like the rules that we make because guess what? You don't get paid to make the rules. We don't have to, I think. Sometimes we get caught up in the just because we don't like something means that it has to change. You know? Yeah. I don't necessarily think, I don't think NASCAR will change it. They'd be like, well, this is the way we do it. Yeah. And that's it. See, the, and I think the biggest reason this is a bigger issue than it possibly has been, quote unquote, was the fact of, wrecked cars going to the front of the field. <clears throat> Correct. That's the that's the biggest issue. So even if they don't change the scoring loop, at least change the process with the cars that would be considered involved in the wreck or put on the damn v- uh, DVP. Well, those ca- all those cars, the four, the nine, and the six, were on the DVP. All three of them were on the DVP. They just met minimum speed. So they were good. <clears throat> 
yeah, so they were fun. But if the car goes on the DVP, they're involved in the wreck. So if they're involved in the wreck, wherever they blend is where they start. Not, oh, well, they they kept going, so we're going to give them their spot back. No. Yeah. If you're on the DVP, where you blend is where you race. Yeah. I mean, it, they can at least do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So That's the only thing that I feel like needs to change about it. I don't really care about going back to the scoring loop four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever, because, you know, their SMT isn't 100% accurate um, as far as the GPS part of it. Yeah. So that's fine. That's whatever. I don't I don't really care about the score and look thing. That is what it is, you know. The only that was the only discrepancy that I didn't like in it was when they put put three cars that clearly were involved in the wreck back up front. And I think yeah. it was just because of who they are. Yeah. I mean, and that's a that's a very very good point as well. I mean, Three big star names, three, big, three important names. Yeah, three so, marquee names. Yeah. So, but that's uh that's something that bothered me in the one of the um one of the not the final caution, but the next to last caution. The final caution, if I'm correct, was when Ross Chastain. Repaid the favor. Ross crashed Dane. Ross crashed Dane. Repaid the favor to Kyle Larson, being that he was given the control car. He was given the lead. Do the scoring loop. So Chastain took the inside lane. And on our TikTok, we posted about this. We posted the in car with the audio and everything that talked about if you give the five the inside, he's going to do it again. And uh, Ross talking, okay, are we even? So on and so forth. Well, then you go down into one. Neither driver lifts. Kyle gets up to the wall, and Ross just rides up into him. But Ross's issue is he Danica Patrick himself and got too far on him and spun, turned himself into the wall and then just rode Larson's front bumper out of turn two, which was honestly kind of funny to watch because it yeah, seemed like... Larson just kept pushing. Yeah, Larson was not going to stop pushing him. <laughs> So that was I'd a, imagine he was probably hanging him the bird too down the front straight away or back straight away. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting just there pushing his car pushing up. on he's his door. Idiot. So but yeah, he he got pushed. Um now this is sideways, mind you, too. <laughs> Ross is sideways. Uh, he wanted to make he wanted to make sure that there was enough damage to that car to where he was not gonna continue. Yeah. So he pushed him out of turn two and then onto the back straight and then went inside and left him there. And that was Chastain's race. So yeah. there was um a lot of negative comments geared towards Ross Chastain after that. And uh, I know Rick Hendrick made some that's like, he's got talent, but he needs to settle down. Um, because as Rick put it, he tells his guys that if we get pushed, we're pushing back. So if they give it to us, we give it back, is what uh, Rick Hendrick said that he tells his teams. And his driver. Yeah, he said. He said, "I don't care if it is another Chevrolet at this point, because clearly he don't care that it's a Chevrolet." Yeah, just like that. That was verbatim with the voice. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like I do a pretty good old rich white man. <laughs> but so there was um, Justin Marks went on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio uh, Monday and made some comments about it. I'm just going to touch on one particular thing that he said, but basically they had meetings with Ross and part key partners and everything. And he said, uh, one of Justin's quotes was he's got some things that he's got to clean up. We today started the process of more aggressively, aggressive, aggressively handling that. I cannot get that word out. And, um, who was involved? I don't know. It mentioned like key partners, so possibly Chevrolet, possibly sponsors, obviously track house, possibly other team owners. Not exactly sure. Um, we all know that Rick Hendrick has a lot of pool um, with Chevy. Obviously being able yeah. to bring Kyle Larson on. Um, so 
Now, Ross's response that came out, um, I think either Tuesday or today, Wednesday, um, which I, when I read this, I, I felt like this was such a generic response. Um, of just that he like, didn't write it. Yeah, that he didn't like this seems just scripted, and the re, you, you'll see why I say this. But Ross Chastain says it was tough conversations. It was. I'm leaning on my team at Trackhouse and outside help outside to help me through this. I get to live with my decisions I make, and I get to live with that for the rest of my time. I'll learn from it. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I don't want to make them on that stage or that manner, but I'm going to be better for it. And tell me that does not seem scripted. Yeah, I mean, that almost sounds like the statement that Kyle Larson put out after he got caught saying the N-word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very uh, very PR-friendly. Um, and just something about that, again, <laughs> I actually saw one of the comments on that was, also, Ross Chastain's promises, quote-unquote, sounds like my dad making promises. All fake, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things of how many times have we heard that at this point still? How many times has Ross I'm said he's going to do better? I'm sorry. I'll do better. I'm sorry. Oh, he's going to grab me on pit road, so I'm going to sock him in the face with a right hook, and then the security guard's going to take care of it. I'm sorry. Like, dude, <laughs> you're not. I said this last week, and I'm going to keep reiterating it. Live with the decisions you make. Drive by the decisions you make. Don't change up your style, but also just don't be dumb. Like, Yeah, that's my thing is, like, I would have loved if he would have said verbatim, let's say, Ross, what happened? If he would have said, that dumb mf'er ran me up the track, put me in the wall, so you know what I did? I did the same thing to him. It ended my day, and I hate it for my guys, but it didn't help him out neither. You know? Yeah. Just be cut and dry. When they say, what happened between you and Noah? Be like, I barely clipped him, and then he brings his bowl cut, stupid-looking butt down here and grabs a hold of me, and that ain't going to fly, so I knocked the crap out of him. Everybody be like, dang, oh, Mr. Ross, he's speaking his mind. He's telling you exactly how it's going to be. With the Brendan Poole thing, he had to eat that L. That was dumb. Yeah, no, that but, was. <laughs> but with, like, Gregson and Larson, like, he had every right to put Larson back in the wall because Larson just did it to him. You know, yeah. I wasn't mad at him for doing that to Larson by any means. I'm no. like, well, damn, that's exactly what Kyle did the last restart. How are you going to fault Ross for that, you know? Well, people go back, like, two or three weeks to, like, Dover where it's Ross's fault well, to do Brennan, that race, and I think something. Yeah, well, the Brennan pool thing, spinning him up the track in a Larson, Ross has got to eat that L. Yeah. For sure. But the Gragson thing, not that big of a deal in my opinion. Well, Barely you heard one of them. his one of his quotes about the Gragson. Gragson just had right? them people people in them ears. Yeah. People in his ears be like, you know, somebody doesn't need to go beat his ass. Didn't he run you in the wall, Noah? And he was like, you know what? Yeah, he did. You know? So, well, the other thing so about Noah, that. Noah was trying to be a hero and try and keep himself relevant. Yeah. But Ross should have been like, you come up and put your hands on me again. Anybody, you want to come put your hands on me? That's going to happen to every single one of you. You know? Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw a Tell quote how from Ross is. that was like uh, the Noah situation. He was like, I left him exactly one lane. And yep. that's, that's what he did. I mean, just being blunt. And I guess it took somebody rattling Ross's cage a little bit and actually confronting him for him to speak up and be real, you know? Like, a lot of this just seems like PR uh, face value stuff. And, like, yeah, he's dude. Not, he's not sorry. No. To anybody. No. Now, again, Darlington, dude, it was dumb. You got way too far out in front to try to slide up in front. <laughs> you're you're spinning well, off the was... nose. <laughs> it was it was dumb because he wrecked himself. Yeah, and I mean he had a car that could I, win. What, his his actions were justified. Oh yeah, actions justified, but retaliation wise, see what you do in that situation is you wait until you take the white, and then you do it. Mm -hmm. If you're still door to door with them, if not, do what Joey did to Byron last year. Don't 
lift, just run him, run, run, run into, into his bumper and let him slow your car down, send him up the track. Yep. So, and that's exactly that because uh, Byron ran Joey tight off of what two, like that nah, same lap or a couple laps before, and so going into going back into one or three, I don't know what turn. Joey just didn't lift, ran right through him, and used that as his break. Byron into the wall. Byron comes out fifth. Joey wins the race. I mean, that simple. That simple. So, but, yeah, again, the way that he's addressing it, it's been the same, same story every week and week out of, I'm sorry, I'll do better. I'm sorry, I'll do better. Like, again, I don't care if you do better. I don't care if you do worse. I just want you to own it. Because it's obviously a repetitive, it's repetitive actions, which means that you're not sorry and that you are willing to do it again. So unless you're just trying to live out the definition of insanity. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's my stance on that. Ross as a racer, I love him. He brings a lot to the table. I agree with Kyle Larson a week ago or, or two weeks ago where he said that he thinks he could be bigger than Chase Elliott or more popular mm-hmm. than Chase Elliott. I 100% agree because he is a outspoken, per se, quote-unquote, um, driver that has a personality and has a style, a style that we have not seen. Again, people don't like this, but since Dell Earnhardt Sr. and Tony Stewart, early Tony Stewart, I would probably more say, and early Joe Logano. But like a a, I'm here drive to survive mentality, per se. Like you're driving to put bread on the table next week, or put put <laughs> buy diapers, whatever it may be. But driving to survive, not just driving to drive. So, um, I love it. I enjoy it. I love watching it. But I just don't like the the attitude of poor pitiful me i'm sorry i'll do better like no dude just just roll with it man it's all good well i don't like i personally don't like kyle larson and cliff daniels acting like victims either like do do you have that much amnesia do you not remember what you did to him the re this this episode daniel is the devil's advocate (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize i've been playing devil's advocate a lot this episode but uh (laughs) Like, do you not remember what you did to him the restart before? And y'all are whining, like, really, Chevrolet? Like, this is the third week in a row that he's wrecked another Chevy. And it's like, Kyle kind of does the same thing, you know? Yeah, or... Everybody says that Kyle Larson's going to put you in a tough spot to where you either lift or you get wrecked. He does it all the time. That's why Bubba Wallace wanted to beat his butt at Las Vegas last year. Ryan Priest... Wrecked him. He's mad at Kyle Larson. Uh, Ross Chastain's mad at Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson's making his own enemies, but people aren't talking about it as much as because I don't I don't know why that Ross Chastain's just more polarizing than Kyle Larson is. But Kyle Larson's racking up just as many enemies and people that are mad at him as Ross Chastain is. Well, I think Kyle tries to stay out of the limelight too. You know, he's still not far off removed from his incident. Just being being realistic about it. So yeah. you gotta gotta you gotta tread lightly in that aspect. Um I mean, even though he is a cup series champion, he's still gotta gotta be weary of um mm-hmm. how to act, what to say, when to say, how to say. So and I mean that's the that's the bet he made for himself, so it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, no, that that's truth, that's fact. I think the only difference is Kyle Larson has won in every single vehicle imaginable at this point and Ross Chastain has a year since his last win. Over a year. So, and I think a reason that this week it was more um, I think the word I'm looking for is exacerbated was because of the fact that Ross Chastain has not won since Spring Talladega last year, 2022. Mm -hmm. And he was poised to win Darlington. He, he had a car that as long as he played his cards right and raced right, he could have gave Larson a run for his money or taken the race. 
So that's where this week that that's where I just call it dumb this week. Like that's one of those retaliations you wait until gateway where you got your career started spinning people. And, yeah. And that's where it all started. Yeah, just do it there. Like that's one of those that you put in the memory bank and you save for next week. Um, because this week, well, or, you need to focus or on like the win. we said earlier, wait till the end of the race. If you're right yeah. there within arm's reach, send them up the track. Ain't nobody going to be mad. You know, just send them up the track. Or do, do like, uh, do like Gregson did to you a couple weeks ago. Because the fact of the matter Walk is. Walk down there and put your hands on them. Yeah, Bubba Larson Wallace tried no smoke. it. Yeah. He's five foot tall. Yeah. Larson is a small dude. He ain't trying to fight nobody. Dude, he really Nobody. is. When, when we met him in Phoenix, I didn't think he was that short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I felt... Well, you know what they say, the camera adds six inches. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of those cameras. <laughs> Do you have a wide pit road or a narrow pit road? <laughs> I, have a, I have a short, wide pit road. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things of like, he just just be smarter about your timing. With those types of things, there's there's more places and more times to do it. It doesn't have to be immediately. So, but I don't know. I feel like we could probably talk about this topic forever, but I do kind of want to touch on something else from Darlington, which was the return of the Rocket Man, Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman back in a cup car driving for Rick Ware Racing, and. Damn, did he pre- did he live to his namesake in that car? <laughs> so you know more of the details about it. I know that it was the best quali- best qualified. What is it? It was the best qualifying effort for Rick Ware Racing ever for a car that was not funded by Stuart Haas Racing. So. So he got the most out of a Rick Ware car that anybody has ever gotten out of a Rick Ware car without the help of SHR. Without the help of SHR, and that was a, let's see here, 26th place qualifying. He was four, four tenths of a second off of the pole. So... It's not bad for his first time back in a car, which uh, obviously at Rick Ware, probably not getting any sim time. It's just him and the feel of the car. Yeah, Get and his down. first time in the next gen too. Mm-hmm. So, um, which he's That's got. He said he only wants to race the slower tracks because he's already got two bars and the vehicle named after him, and he doesn't want to have another one named after him. Yeah, and uh, so from what I'm seeing here, he's, uh, I think it looks like he's racing Richmond, Martinsville, and Bristol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but slow. he's also he's also running, he ran Darlington because that makes him eligible for the All-Star Open. Mm-hmm. So he, I think he's running the All-Star Race this weekend too. We're going to try to qualify into the All-Star Race or racing. So. How many people are racing into the race? Is it four? Um, so you have what the format I think is the winners of last year's winners and then the fan vote, the heat winners, and then I think the top four cars in the open. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's only a 30 card field, right? Uh, shoot, I, I don't know, man. I don't know the, I don't know the facts on it, but yeah, no, Ryan room Newman. Um, he came home 28th. But very, very good showing to see. Very good to see him back at the track, running well, um, and being able, first time in the car, being able to give Rick Ware their best qualifying effort and a really good run overall, too. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I, was, I think he ended up getting caught up in an accident. Yeah. So I'm uh, very excited to see what that holds. And he. And he almost beat Ty Dillon too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, from that, let's see, we had some penalties over the weekend. Um, so we'll start out. There wasn't many. So, 
the 45 car and the 54 of Reddick and Gibbs on Saturday, they failed uh, twice in cup tech or uh, failed inspection twice and had their car chiefs ejected and lost pit selection. They were good the third time. And then Tuesday, the 45 team was docked 10, uh, 10 driver and owner points in the standings due to a violation of section 14.11.2.1.A of the NASCAR rule book, which states that any and all ballast added to the vehicle must be secured inside a ball- inside a ballast container or containers. Additionally, the ballast containers will not be permitted to be added to the chassis. So that's, uh, that's actually what they were failing pre-race for. And then obviously fined for, or not fined, but docked points for, which... You said this was the same thing that was happened to Mason Massey at Atlanta, something like that. It was in one of them truck series races. Uh, the thirty-three car Mason Massey lost a ballast, and they had to call a caution for it, or the caution might have already been out, but there was a ballast on the racetrack that caused the uh, caution to be extended or something. And I think that's after that, that's probably where this penalty even really came from. Is NASCAR is like. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should focus on this just a little bit more since yeah. these are falling off vehicles and that's a little unsafe. Yeah, keep a uh, keep our eyes open for this. <laughs> but that's uh that's really all of our penalties that we've had recently. Not much going on. I mean, other than Austin Dillon, which um reading more into Austin Dillon's penalty was it was a turnbuckle that was fixed where it's not supposed to be, so then you don't have to use a wrench. But you can turn it with your hand to raise or lower the um, splitter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it didn't have the lock nut on the end. Yeah. So instead of after qualifying or before qualifying, they go under there and just turn it by hand versus where they had to. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to only be able to turn it with wrenches, or you have to have two wrenches to turn. Correct. So, um, but yeah. So our uh, NASCAR's penalty happy self has seemed to settle down a little bit. As the season's gone on, um, but looking forward to the next couple of weeks, um, Chicago Street Race, there is some interesting, interesting stuff going on around this, and I think it's because it's supposed to be this big marquee event, but it's almost as if Chicago may not exactly want it, <laughs> and it's it is so they've reduced the majority News of the newsflash. Yeah. Neither do the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring us bring us back uh Oh. Just just get rid of it. Like I get it. We're trying to p- compete with F1, but we could do something better than this. Uh Road America. Yeah, Road America for sure. But they have a couple keynotes for the weekend is first off they've scheduled installation uh, barrier installation has reduced to at least a week before the initial timelines to reduce disruptions. Uh, NASCAR is testing mufflers and the race cars for running the street race, um, which will decrease the noise by 10 decibels. I don't really know how noticeable that'll be, but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't even know like what, how loud are they now? <laughs> you know, how many decibels is it now? Yeah, what's the decibel now versus what it could be? Um but the structure builds in and around the park will be focused on or near sidewalks while um, they're trying to maintain access to green spaces and Buckingham Fountain as long as possible during setup and teardown. And then they are minimizing the amount of cars on track over the two-day period, and they're uh, committed to keeping the track time to under 10 hours, and cars will not be on track before 10 a.m., and any entertainment, concert, so on and so forth, will end no later than 10 p.m. each night or earlier, if possible. Which I just find quite, uh, quite a letdown for a NASCAR event because I could remember when we went to Talladega last year, and the party didn't start till 10 p.m. Yeah, which in Chicago, I promise you, I don't want to be on the streets after 10 p.m. That's very I'm true. I'm going away before 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Try to get out of there as quick as possible. So, but I think um, I know that they're trying to keep this for like a couple year contract. Um, but I, unless the racing is just phenomenal, 
from from what it sounds like, it's going to be too tight to really see any passing on the track. So the passing will be done in the pits and on pit road. It'll be your pit crew race and track position race. And we all hate that. Like, it's really just no, you know? <laughs> so um, I don't know about you. I'm not looking forward to the street course. I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised, though. You got any takes yeah, on the game? Yeah, I'm not. I haven't liked it since they said anything about the street course. I'm just like, that just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. But I'll get paid the big bucks. I'm sure they're getting paid big bucks to go race at the Chicago street course. But Hopefully, like Bristol Dirt, this will just be the last time we see it this year. And I hadn't even seen it once, but I just know that I don't want it. Yeah. So. But like I said earlier, they make the rules, not us. Correct. But I'll gladly complain. <laughs> I, I will as well. You know, that's why we're here. <laughs> but um, another just random no- news before we move on to North Wilkesboro real quick. Um, so Kyle Bush a couple years back had the split set up or the, uh, I don't know what they want to call it, but to race the Indy 500 and then the Coke 600 in the same day, he had a ride set up and everything. Joe Gibbs told him no. So, and we now know Kyle Larson is running it for 2024 and he's, I think he's got a contract for 2025 as well, where he'll run the Indy 500 and then come run the Coke 600. Um, but Kyle Bush left a quote out there because he was recently asked about run, running the double. And he said, Kyle Bush said, unfortunately, I think Larson's got the ride I was slated to get and that he's got it locked up for for two years. So I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's unfortunate for me wanting to be able to go there and run that race and had a sponsor lined up in order to do that with and been told no everywhere or we don't have the room or whatever it might be. So that's really frustrating, but it is what it is. Par for the course. So seems um, like he needs better connections. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've we discussed this earlier in the year when um when Chase Elliott went out with his injury of uh like Joe Gibbs racing like Christopher Bell, people were mad when he wasn't running any races this year like the Chili Bowl or anything. But that's because Joe Gibbs is telling him no. Yeah, he said, "Well, hang on, little buddy. Pump the brakes." Yeah. So they're they're not letting like I, I know that that's not the only team, but that's the biggest name because Christopher Bell comes from a dirt background. He ran the Chili Bowl. He likes to run sprint cars, super late models, whatever it may be. Um, and he's not he's not able to because he's being told no, which I think, like like we've seen before, I think it could be hurting him because he's not getting a chance to continuously work on his craft except every Saturday and Sunday and whatever sim time he may get. He's just going to have to sneak off and not tell uh, Joe that he's doing it. (laughs) Just pop up at a random quarter mile track somewhere in the middle of BFE. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We shall see, but it's um, definitely interesting to see that sounds like Kyle still has interest to run the Indy 500, but I don't think that it'll, uh, I don't know if it'll come to fruition now that Young Money's got the seat. So, but moving on, let's dive into North Wilkesboro. So, first off, the first time car NASCAR Cup cars have been on track since what ninety six, I think it was. Um, uh, before we, before either one of us was born. Yeah, before our time for sure. Um, but very excited for that. Um, something I'm really excited for is the pit crew challenge is back. So, and the pit crew challenge, the way that it's going to work is it's going to set up the order, the starting order for the heat races and the, the open. So that is, um, that's something excited to look forward to. Um, the rules are, there is no pit road speed. Enter at whatever speed you can reach, which unfortunately, like Charlotte, it won't be like Charlotte where you can bomb off of four at 150 miles an hour, 160 down pit road. 
So that was always awesome to watch. I was like, that is crazy. Um, Imagine being the front tire changer. <laughs> yeah, like uh man, his name just comes up everywhere, but Kyle Larson in the forty two, I've I've seen the video of that where he slides through like three boxes past his box. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but yeah, that's um that's gonna be what sets the starting lineup for the heat race of Saturday night and the open or the heat race of Saturday afternoon, the open Saturday night. So very, very excited for that. Very excited to see um how that plays out and um just something cool that they're bringing back that the fans love and the people love to watch like i love to watch that which that's 5 30 friday is when mm-hmm. the pit crew challenges so um something to keep the eyes open for the eyes out for but i'm i'm excited for north wilkesboro um i've seen one worry about the track itself um, being able to hold up. I know that um, there was a caution during a race on Tuesday for track repair of the, uh, they had to resell parts of the pavement after it started coming up and was causing damage to cars on track. So that's definitely something yeah, they to just watch have, for. They just have too much scheduled this week on it. You know, do they have like, I don't, I wouldn't have as cool as it is having Dale Jr. and all the cup guys in this late model stock race, I had that the week before. And be like, you know what, if all y'all want to run this, let's do this the week before. And that way, if there is any problems with the track, we got all week to fix them. Yeah. But no, 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 no. That makes way too much sense. Yeah, I mean... Once again... They should have us in charge of stuff. You know, I mean, Jeez. we should really, we, we really need to be hired. So, but yeah, no, dude, it's, it's a lot. Cause they had the RSR stars national tour 150 Tuesday. Then they had the Harley Davidson seven seventy five late model tour, uh, tonight, as well as the cars, uh, late model stock tour, the wind window world one twenty five tonight. Then no racing Thursday. Friday is the pit crew challenge and qualifying. Saturday you have the Tyson 250 Truck Series race at 1:30, then the All Star heats at 7:30, and then Sunday you have the All Star Open at 5:30 and the All Star race at 8. That yeah, is just a, a lot. A lot. lot going on for that poor little racetrack, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the All Star race is 300 miles, so five. Dude, there's almost a thousand miles worth of racing this week. This week at North Wilkesboro on a track surface that hasn't been raced in years this heavily. So yeah, I'm not. Like I said, I don't know why they did such a busy week this week, but that's not the move. Yeah, very, very worried about the track, but hopefully, it won't be something to worry about, and we can see good racing. But it's definitely something to keep in the back of the mind of what this track's doing because this has been such a um, such a topic key weekend um, and everything. Yeah, yeah, topic of discussion. Luckily, it's not a point span race if something like that happens, but it is a million dollar race. Uh-huh. So, again, a million dollars would be nice. I tell you what, they should just hire us, and then we'll have a million dollars too. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, let me get in there. I can save tires better than anybody. <laughs> That's right. So very excited corded, though. I drove a corded right front for six months. <laughs> <laughs> corded on the inside too with a camber, negative camber on it. It was good to go. But yeah, very unique track um, with a downhill front stretch, uphill back stretch. So which I did not realize how banked or how much of a grade it was until watching videos earlier today. So yeah, they go up and then they go down. Yeah. But they, they go up pretty decently. Like looking at it when they were like doing kind of a level pan across and then you could see the grandstand behind turn three and watch the track come up to it. I was like, Hmm, 
that's a lot more of a bank than I thought it was. So very, it's going to be very cool to watch. Very cool to see a lot of grassroots NASCAR fans, a lot of um, old NASCAR fans and everything are going to be very excited for it compared. Um, if, yeah. That's what the restoration picks I've seen. looks like they've just slapped some new paint on there. Like I think they still have the Winston cup logo up and everything. Oh yeah. They left as much of as much old stuff as they possibly could as much like the old Winston cup on the um, outside of the track still there. A lot of the, like the inside pit road at the start finish line is the old North Wilkesboro sign. I think they tried to leave some of those on the track if possible. Um, the biggest thing that they had to do was put in safer barriers. Um, I think they got some of, did you see where Atlanta had to send them some and it was green? Yes. Yeah, the Quaker stake <laughs> 400. Uh, yeah. Um, safer barrier. Yeah. I saw that. So, but the venue seats like 30,000, I think is what it was or 33,000. Uh, they're expecting it to be sold out all bad weekend. Boys sold out. Yeah. So, it sold out quick because men, you never could even get tickets. Yeah. So definitely if it puts on a good show, I'll be booking for next year, <laughs> but it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch it and I hope it lives up to the hype. Um, a lot of people are trying to compare it to Texas last year. And I heard a good point that we have to keep in mind is Dallas and Dallas Fort Worth area is a very, very saturated market when it comes to population. So just in general with the amount of population you have your TVs, there's going to be more TVs on the race. So we have to keep that in mind when moving the race from the Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth area to Wilkes County, North Carolina. It is a lot um, less populated market. So when we go to review the TV ratings to Texas of last year, we do have to keep that in mind um, when it comes to the market. But I tell you what, if it blows Texas out of the water, that tells you how big of a race this was and how big of a success it is. So that's going to be very interesting to see. I would be surprised if this race does not blow the Texas race out of the water. Last year's all-star race. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it blew uh, like the last three or four all-star races because this is the most talked about NASCAR sporting event. Like this feels bigger than the Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about a track that hasn't been maintained, a track that was had trees growing out of it what less than two years ago that is now hosting a cup series event like that is that's what i'm saying this has this has i've never cared this much about an all-star race yeah no i i agree and i am so glad that they aren't making it full of gimmicks and everything it's just going to be racing yeah it's going to be an actual race yeah so no gimmicks no inverting the field left and right here to make it to where the race is actually entertaining, but it's just going to be old school racing an old school track and some new school equipment. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited to watch it. Um, and I, I hope it comes back next year. So, but again, we got to wait and see what happens after this year. So yeah, I see, see how the track holds up. I mean, just in the general of thinking about the tickets sold, the event's already a success. You sold out the venue for the entire weekend. I mean, it's, it's not even just it's not just sold out for Sunday's cup race. It's sold out for the weekend, which granted, they were ticket packages. But either way, people paid the, what, like $350 for a weekend ticket? 33,000 plus people paid that? Yeah, something ridiculous. So I'm pretty sure because the weekend ticket got you in Friday through Sunday, and I'm pretty sure it was like 350 for like a general admission ticket. So if you do that by the just the 33,000 seats, that's 11.5 million dollars. Pocket change. So, not counting that's that's just track revenue. I don't know how much they have to pay out, but very good for the track. I think that if the racing has been as good as like what the late models have put on there recently. 
and everything that it's going to be good. And I I'm sure hope so. For it. I'd be real disappointed if it wasn't. And I'm going to dive right into my pick with that because you know who else is going to be really good this weekend? That's going to be Kyle Busch. Oh. Kyle Busch with a million-dollar check in his hand after Sunday night. Well, that's a million-dollar thought, but here's a million-dollar guarantee. The man, the myth, the legend, the driver of the number 29 Ford Mustang, the closer, Kevin Harvick. Ah, old-school driver on an old-school track. I knew you liked yeah, antiques. I don't actually think I don't actually think he's gonna win. I just would really like to see the twenty nine victory lane. So I'm just trying to bring it to fruition like I did for William Byron last week. And hey, Tyler Reddick. I heard that. Dakota. Who else? I think that's your only two winners, but you know, oh, still uh-huh, eight uh-huh, and one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so but very excited to see what happens. Very excited to see where this goes. And very excited for this weekend. Thank you for listening to Gas is on the Right podcast with Daniel and Alan. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias on Twitter at Gas underscore Right. Instagram and TikTok at Gas is on the Right podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. And remember, the gas is on the right.